3: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher
4: on V-CIN. All right. It is the Lombardi Line as we say hi on a Saturday, week five college football. If, you know, listen, as a better, it doesn't really matter what the board says as far as marquee matchups. Last week, didn't have a ton of marquee matchups, Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata. Yeah. Uh, but this week, we certainly do. I mean, up and down, yeah. two big ones in the SEC. We mentioned Cincinnati, a huge spot for a group team obviously traveling to Notre Dame. I mean, it's just a huge day. And one of the games I want to line up for you here, and maybe we could just start with Shianu and and, and what a job he's done defensively. It's a tremendous, you yeah. know, we talked about Michigan couldn't move the ball against Rutgers in the second half, but he's done a hell of a job. They're four and 0 ATS Rutgers. They're three and one straight up. And again, here comes Ohio State. Same thing, three and one straight up. And it's a big spot for Rutgers who's catching 15 and a half here at home.
3: You know, and I think when you break, look, Rutgers struggles offensively. They haven't gotten the quarterback situation handled. They're the seventh best team defensively in the in the country. I mean, they're the third best in the in the Big 12, the Big 10. I mean, they're playing great defensively. I mean, it's his scheme. He understands how to take away the run game. I think Michigan got, what, two or three first downs in the second half against them. So, you know, you could see that the, the work at, that he's been able to do. Hold Syracuse to seven points earlier in the season. You know, this will be a challenge, but I don't know how good Ohio State is offensively. You know, I think that's really the issue here uh, is, uh, you know, Ohio State isn't as dynamic. I mean, the fact that they went at, you know, I was really disappointed with them. And I liked Houston yesterday against Tulsa because I, I thought Tulsa is not a very good team. And I, I was all over Ohio State against Tulsa and, and Tulsa covered that line. And, and that was disappointing. I mean, they only beat 12, Tulsa 41 to 20. They should have killed Tulsa. I mean, look at what Houston did to Tulsa. You know, and so I think that uh, this team, even though they beat Akron last week, I think they're struggling. They're not the same team. Now, they're the best team in the conference offensively, but I think that's a little misleading. We now know Minnesota isn't very good after they just got whooped, you know, last week. I mean, Minnesota, you know, we think Minnesota was a good team, and all of a sudden, here comes Bowling Green, and Bowling Green beats them 14-10. to Right. So, you know, and, and now Minnesota since they've lost Efron and they lost some of their players, I mean, that's become a problem. I think it's a big game for Rutgers. I think I think that Seattle, having been at Ohio State, I think he knows Ryan Day, knows what he's trying to accomplish offensively. I, I think, look, I, I think the line is is perfectly set for Rutgers if you like them to take them, because I think it'll be a game where they'll play, they have to win it with their defense.
4: Ohio State starter C.J. Stroud, who missed the start last week against Akron, your boys. Looks like he's going to be back under center. For the Buckeyes, it's again, Shianu, just a hell of a coach, probably should be coaching at Tennessee, as you know, Michael, Uh, but they've held their opponents to two sixty-eight as far as yards per. It's not a great offense, but they it's, they can move the football.
3: I mean, it's just how quickly he's turned this program around is wonderful. You know, it's funny because if you look back, I was telling somebody this the other day, if he gotten the, he had the Tennessee job until the uh, social media uprising Uh, and Joe Burrow was going with him to Tennessee. He really? He was going with him to Tennessee. Oh, yeah, he was going with them to Tennessee. I mean, talk about he a program-changing tra- situation. That, that, that social uprising, the Twitter control by the, the, the genius in Nashville, that, you know, didn't want that to happen, so he created a social uprising that he would know about coaches, too. I mean, there's no doubt he would be an expert on coaches. You know, he would understand what a great coach is. So, you know, that cost him. It was, Joe Burrow was going with him. Joe Burrow was going, I thought it was funny when Urban Meyer and Joe Burrow just such a class kid, Joe Burrow is. I mean, Urban Meyer didn't really ever give Joe Burrow a chance at Ohio State. You know why, Patrick? Because he wasn't a five-star. He was a three-star. And Haskins was the five-star. Joe Burrow was the only quarterback at Ohio State that didn't wear a red jersey in a live scrimmage. He got the crap beat out of him. You know? And, And it was so bad, his mother was complaining. You know, it was so bad. And the kid didn't say a word, bit his lip, didn't, didn't pull a Ben Simmons, just bit his lip and transferred. Was going to go to – would have gone to Tennessee with Greg, but he didn't. He went over to LSU, and the rest is history.
4: Well, at least Urban Meyer seems like he's enjoying himself at Jacksonville. So, there's Boy, that. does he,
3: he? really does. He really he looks does. looks like he's – I mean, on, he on the sideline, st- he's got a good vibe about him. Looks like he's having a good time. Oh, my God. He has – he's in such pain. I mean, you feel like – can we just relieve his pain?
4: maybe you should text him and see if he's doing okay. You know, the irony as well. So, and I, I have no, uh, listen, people get involved in social. And next thing you know, Shianu doesn't have the job at Tennessee, you know, the irony, who was it? Chris Ash or the AD,
3: the AD lost his job in that one too. That guy got fired too.
4: Chris Ash was an assistant under Meyer at Ohio State, went to Rutgers, was never prepared for the job. Shiano, oh, no. an assistant, obviously was supposed to get to Tennessee job, ends up back at Rutgers and has turned the program around. Is there something I'm missing about Shiano? I understand the social stuff, but is there something that I'm missing about him? is it an abrasive personality because he's a hell of a oh, coach? No.
3: he's a great coach i think just people feel like he's not offensive minded and his offense isn't great and then he got lumped into the penn state scandal which he had nothing to do with and he was he was cleared by every single investigation at penn state and yet it was still just by association you know because he worked there you know and all of a sudden that's that's how that that just mounted and so no he's an outstanding coach look at, at tampa bay You know, he got run out of Tampa Bay because he thought Josh Freeman wasn't a good person or a good player. How'd that work out?
4: That's right. Freeman doesn't... He doesn't play football the last time I checked anymore.
3: Yeah, I mean, but we're never going to go back and revisit that because, you know, that was, you know, it's like that's what happens. And so now he's at Rutgers. He's got this program turned around that they're, they're doing a great job recruiting. This will not be his best team. He'll have better teams next year and the year after. He'll continue to get good players coming in and out there. So that's never going to be the issue. And, and today is going to be a challenge. Ohio State offense will really test them because they can throw the football and Rutgers will have to be able to play good and be able to rush the passer and control the quarterback in the pocket. Plus, Rutgers is going to have to try to score. I mean, they, their offense, in fairness, Rutgers' offense isn't great. We know this, right? We know they're, they're no, kind they're of not, they're not good at you know, and, and their quarterbacking play is, is suspect, to say the least. But, you know, look, they, they've got to try to find a way to control the pace of the game And I think if they win, if they can keep this close to the 15, they got to get it under the 58.
4: They're getting better a little bit here. This number opened 15 and a half with Ohio State laying it on the road at state school, and it's down to 15. A total of 58. Look, Ohio State in name, that defense has got a lot of five stars, but you can move the ball against this Ohio State, Unless you forget what's happened this year. You can move the ball against this Ohio State defense.
3: No doubt. I mean, in Rutgers, I mean, we kid about their offense, but I mean, they're, they're, they can, the one thing they can do is, is they, can, they can play complementary football to their defense, which is what ultimately great coaches don't understand how to do. They know how to play in the kicking game. They know how to work the kicking game, and they know how to do that. And just for the record, this is why guys, you know, these, most of the analytical people say that you can't even ignore the kicking game. They're fourth in the country in the kicking game. It matters. It does matter, Patrick. Absolutely matters, and
4: this one's fascinating as we move on to Clemson hosting Boston oh, College. Boy. Of course, Clemson four and O, BC two and two. Psych, it's the other way around. How about BC with the overtime winner against Missouri last weekend? They're sitting here four and O against a two and two Clemson team. As Mr. Bond put in his notes here, he's like. Clemson's they're the 25th ranked team in the country. Is this the last time we see them in the top 25? They're laying 14 and a half, so they're laying a number against a Boston college, and that kid's done a great job coaching this team as well and turning this program around. A total of 46 here, Michael.
3: Yeah, Hatley's done a tremendous job, and the fact he loses his starting quarterback, and now he's back to Grosselle at quarterback, and they haven't missed a beat. You know, and they came from behind to beat Missouri. They had needed that drive at the end of the game to come behind, and they did it. You know, Boston College, look, they'll play. Look, the, the thing that's really scary about Clemson so far this year is Clemson hasn't been DJ. Like, who is he? I know. Like, he doesn't even look like he's a five-star player. I mean, Patrick, I'm going to let you in on a secret here. Please. Clemson's offense is 105th in the country. That good? In the country. I mean, look, they're still great on defense. And if you like this game at all, take, you know, the under. That's why the under's at 46. But this team is, they scored 49 points on South Carolina State. If they don't score those 49 points, right, they don't have, they have basically 38 points in three games. 38 points in three games. They've scored
4: 14 points in regulation against an FBS opponent this year, Clemson, 14 points against an FBS opponent in regulation. I mean, and, Again, what Boston College and and Hatley wants to do is they just junk it. They junk it up. They only allow 190 yards passing per game. I mean, this is is a tough matchup for Clemson. It's a pretty good defense. And,
3: And Hatley's a really good defensive coach, and he'll take a little bit of what he saw Georgia do to Clemson, and he'll take a little bit of that. Plus, you know, Doran's a really good coach at NC State defensively as well. Take a little bit of that. He's got a blueprint on how he's got to play it. Now, it's harder to play down there when you got to go into Death Valley and you got to go in there and win. And and, and Grossel, the quarterback, Dennis Grossell, the junior, the redshirt senior quarterback, he's got to play really well today. He's got to play really well. And they've got to be able to protect the football and, again, control the pace of this game.
4: I wonder, and Dabo's a tremendous coach, but sitting two and two with the expectations, what they are for this Clemson program, you wonder if there's going to be an emotional letdown. One, Will Shipley, who's been... A, a, the lone bright spot on that offense, he's out. Tyler Davis, their stud defensive tackle, he's out. So you wonder if they may start to pack it in here, Clemson.
3: You know, it's funny. I, I ask you this question, Patrick. And I see James Bond just put up a one. So that means we've got to run the play number one. But anyway, what I think <laughs> is, who's the best team in the ACC?
4: Wake Forest.
3: I think that's right. Well, and they're only a seven-point favorite today.
4: Let's discuss the Louisville. demon deeks. Yeah. Let's discuss. Wake Forest. And Clawson's going to get a huge job. I mean, the fact that I don't he, has, know if he wants one, do you want? He wants to stay awake.
3: I, I, I mean, he should have been off him and the guy at NC state. Those two guys coach their, they're, yeah. they're good coaches.
4: Yep. Doran and Clawson have done a hell of a job in the ACC. Speaking of which Louisville at wake, I think you're right. Kind of shocking. Wake just laying a touchdown here. Seven. We'll come back and discuss that one. Fascinating. That's a great question. Think about this. At VSEN Live, let us know best team in the ACC right now. Good job by Michael Lombardi. We'll come back here week five college football. It's VSEN, the sports betting network.
0: From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
1: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board.
3: to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now once again here's Patrick Maher
4: all right first bet express bet remember special offer right now new customers deposit match first off if you sign up using the code Vegas 1000 you get $10 deposited to use right away and then deposit match earn $10 for every thousand dollars wagered up to a thousand bucks it's v slash horses for details. All our horse racing information is right there. v slash horses. And use the bonus code Vegas1000. Okay, we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. We're going to head to Michael's basement, the bottom 10 here in a second. I just wanted to touch on a great question by you, Michael, as far as the best team in the ACC. You got a 2-2 two and two Clemson team. You got an undefeated wake team hosting Louisville. Now, Louisville's record and the, 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 the perception of Louisville, a little thrown off by what happened against Ole Miss in the opener. Uh, but Wake is laying seven here. Wake is good. Both are balanced as well. Good defensively and a well-oiled machine offensively.
3: I mean, Wake's the eighth best t- defense in the country. Yeah. You know, they, they, they shut down. I mean, Virginia's not a great defensive team, but they, they they shut down Virginia offensively. The Florida State they handled. You know, can Cunningham not turn the ball over today? That's the question, right? Yeah, good question. I mean, that, 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 that I'm always worried about. And Wake's really good. They're the 20th best team in the, in the, in the country their relative scoring offense, they get 400, 430 yards per game. I mean, this is a good, well-balanced team. They're playing at home, and if they can win this game, they get Syracuse, they have to go up to the Dome. They got Army, and they got to go to Army. And then they got Duke before they set up to play November when they start to play North Carolina, North Carolina State, and Clemson. Those three games will determine Wake's future. But I, the, And then Boston College. So this is a key, this is a critical, critical game for them today.
4: Senior quarterback and Sam Hartman. So the key is, right, don't turn the football over and have steady play at quarterback. And that's exactly what they have, Michael. And Clawson's a good offensive coach as well. So there you have it, laying seven. Is that a lean there that you may lay it with Wake?
3: I definitely would lay it at Wake. I like Wake here today. You know, I do like Wake. I think that the Wake is the better team. And I think Wake's defense will really create some issues. And I think the one thing when you watch Louisville, I think they've turned the ball over. I think, and, and that's what worries me the most about this game. When you, break, when you break Louisville down, Louisville is not exactly, you know, their offense is 55th in the country, but I think really more than anything is I don't trust their quarterback to be consistent. You know, I don't trust him to be consistent with what his decision's making. I really don't. I think that's going to be the key component of the game. And Cunningham has been all over the place, and everybody, you know, he's great, he can move and all that, but I think that's really the issue to me.
4: Right there it is. Wake Lane 7, a total of 64, one of two unbeaten teams, along with what? Boston College and the ACC. Let me ask you, throw back your question, and we'll get to the bottom 10. Is Wake the best team in the ACC right now?
3: I don't know. I think NC State is. I really do. I think NC State's a good team. I really, I I mean, I think between Wake and NC State, I think they're good. I mean, you know, NC State beat Clemson. I mean, I know Clemson isn't great this year, but North Carolina doesn't appear to be anywhere close to being a good team. I mean, today that number's running up against Duke, but Duke's not very good either. I would take NC – I would take North Carolina. But I I think what we're seeing, Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, we're seeing a lot of six-foot RPO quarterbacks that haven't played very well. If I were a team in the NFL, I would be nervous, 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 beyond you could even imagine of – if I got to go pick one of these quarterbacks. I mean, Spencer Rattler, you could say whatever you want. And look, I, I did it 35 years for a living. That, that's not a first-round talent. That's hmm. not. Nope. It's just not. And Sam Howe isn't a first-round talent the way he's playing. You know, you got to bring elite skill to the game. And the way he's playing, it's all run at Oklahoma. It's not pass.
4: And by the way, that number, Oklahoma at Kansas State, Michael, that number's all over the place. Open Oklahoma on the road lane 10 and a half. I got a book. I got circa 13. I got a couple of books, 11 and a half. They're not cut. Oklahoma's getting by it's, by the skin of their team. It's
3: always been Oklahoma's, you know, to go up into Manhattan has always been Oklahoma's uh, sticking point. I mean, they got the Red River Classic next week, right? We got Texas. And it's always the game that you're always looking against. And, like, what are we doing here? I don't trust Oklahoma at all. I mean, can you imagine that we're sitting here on the second day of October and we're saying Oklahoma's defense is carrying their team? Unbelievable. Imagine saying that three years ago. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously. I mean, they're carrying their team.
4: Uh, you're you know? 100% right. And, by the way, Rattler comes in as one of the favorites to win the Heisman, and the fan base is calling for Caleb Williams. Uh, my
3: That's exactly right. Like, And, and you know what? It just being objective. If you take away bias and you say, if you said, who is that quarterback and you don't associate a name with them, you would want the backup to start I t- playing. I totally agree with you. Rattler, and you have to look at it that way. You, you've got to look at it objectively that way. You can't just get, oh, he's great, he's great, he's great. You know, if Chase Young wasn't Chase Young, he'd probably be sitting on the bench.
4: Safe to say Rattler seems rattled right now.
3: That's a, that's a good segue.
4: But, uh, Michael's basement, let's go to the bottom 10, all right? And we got a couple i new- got to
3: play here. Okay. I think it's not—look, I, I don't think you should play every one of the bottom 10 teams. I agree with that, okay? But I think there's one play that always jumps out at to me
4: go ahead and throw them up vandy 10 okay you... Van-
3: vandy is vandy is playing uh they have uh i think they Connecticut. Have a bottom they've 10. got they've, they they've have got UConn. they've got your two and they're only yes. 13 and a half or 14 point favorites against yukon it's jumped and up UConn, to 14 and a half. UConn, yukon yukon destroyed me last week with wyoming and everybody was on wyoming including me this is when I've had this. I've had this day of reckoning. I'm not going to allow it anymore. I'm not falling for it. I'm not falling for it. I'm not getting pulled back in again. No way. I'm not going to be, you know, Sylvia Dante. I'm not going back in. Uh, I, I, I think. Look, Temple's not very good. Ohio, the one that I like the best today is yes. those UNLV Rebel running Rebels here. They're <laughs> playing Texas San Antonio. Yes, and, and I think. In Texas now, San Antonio's
4: ahead. lane 21, Michael.
3: Yeah, and it was 19. It's moved. Yep, absolutely right. It opened up at 19. It moved. And, you know, you could say, well, you know, they played Fresno State close. You know, they're getting better. They, they, they covered against Arizona State and they covered against Fresno State. U, University of Texas San Antonio is a good team. I mean, they're the thirtieth best team in the country offensively. They're really good defensively. They're twenty seventh. They're the best team in the conference. They only give up seventeen points a game. UNLV will struggle to score. I think San Antonio. I mean, look, they beat they beat the Fighting Illini, which was I I, I they beat the Illini. They they handled them, you know, they handled them thirty seven to thirty. They put thirty seven on the Illini, a Big Ten team. I like. I'm gonna lay the twenty one here, and watch the running rebels. Just have to, you know, I mean, look, they've got to go into San Antonio. It's a road game. I think I'll take.
4: There goes, Michael. We lost his feet. Arroyo's offense there, UNLV, which hadn't done anything, actually blew up last week. He still hasn't won a game at UNLV, which I'm sure uh, he's looking to do so. Okay. We got Michael back. Now you've got another bottom 10 basement matchup in the Mac, Ohio, Akron. Okay. So this number, Ohio. So Michael, just to give you an idea. And we'll go ahead and throw the graphic up there, Mr. Bond. Michael's basement teams. He's got Vandy 10. He's got Temple sitting 9. He's got Ohio U 8. So, speaking of Ohio U, uh, here they go. They're headed to Akron. Akron sitting 4 on Michael's basement, bottom 10 in college football. And here comes Ohio, transitional year. Obviously, Solich retired. At Akron, Ohio open nine. They're laying nine and a half on the road in the Mac. Okay. So that's number eight, Ohio, UNLV. You just heard it. Okay. And here comes Michael. Michael, I was just talking about a Mac matchup of two of your bottom tens. And that's Ohio, U and Akron, you know, the number right now, Ohio, Uh, Ohio just jumped up to nine and a half open nine at Akron. They're laying nine and a half now.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is two bad teams going at it. Remember now? Remember earlier in the year? Earlier in the year, Syracuse goes into Athens, Ohio. That's right, Anissa Berman. There is an Athens, Ohio, not an Athens, Georgia, too. They go into Athens, Ohio, and Syracuse is the three and a half point dog. Remember, there was a ton of those sharps all over those on that on <laughs> Ohio. Yes. Remember that?
4: Yes. I and do.
3: Syracuse went in there and won that one, right? So. Look, I, I don't like to play here at all. I really don't. I'm scared of it. If I was going to play a MAC game today, I would take Eastern Michigan. That's the MAC team I would take.
4: Okay. Eastern is, let's see, Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois. Speaking of the MAC, uh, we're in conference. Eastern's lane, it's a pick 'em. So right now it's I'd a pick Eastern. 'em. take
3: Eastern. I'd take Eastern. That's my Mac attack play of the Have, day have you the ever Big scouted Ipsilanti, Michigan? Or Eastern? Of course I have. I've been, east, I, I've been there. Yeah, that's what we need. We need a giant cheeseburger, uh, Stephen Bond, like a Mac attack. Like, what's our Mac attack play of the day? Maybe we get McDonald's to sponsor it, you know? And number one,
4: sitting at the bottom of the basement, UMass.
3: I mean, they're permanently there between them and UConn. The only reason I had to move UConn up is they killed me last week against Wyoming.
4: By the way, Toledo, Toledo's lane 27 on the road. Did you US. notice how I
3: put the state of New Mexico? In
4: yes, New Mexico state, and New Mexico are both are sitting
3: three. I, like I just to... should have put the state of New Mexico or the third. I mean, you know, you're not a big Breaking Bad fan. What happened? Well, I mean, look, their football's horrendous. Facts. I mean, it's really bad. Beautiful we got Thomas Gable. Game. Maybe we'll get him to give us a Mac pick here. Who's... Maybe he's got a Mac attack.
4: <laughs> he always does. Who's getting bet at the Borgata? Race and Sportsbook director Thomas Gable is going to join us next to discuss it. I see it right here. Indiana, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Pitt, Georgia Tech. That's all coming up next with TGZ. He's the northern
3: version of Carl Johnson. He likes all those northern teams. Carl, we hit the top. He see, He like a weather map here. A little bit we're of like a different a a,
4: a different accent. We come back with TGZ <laughs> next here Lombardi Line.
3: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: All right, so this is, this is something you've been asking for, and it's betting splits, and we've got them. And trust me, they're accurate, good to go. Figure out which games are seeing the most tickets written. It helps you add it to your arsenal. Odds, data, analysis for every game. Betting splits right now at vcent.com. You can start your free trial. Okay. As we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line, hope you're having a great Saturday. It's going to be awesome. Look at that wide, beautiful. Good job, Stephen Bond, wide shot of the Borgata, which is my favorite casino on the East coast. It's not even close. And the dude that runs the race and sports book is Thomas Gable. Michael said he sounds eerily fam- familiar and similar to Carl Johnson I do no, see it with I the said, voice wow. and the accent. No, yes. I did not I say it. that.
3: You know I didn't
6: say well, that. Well, we know who's uh, telling that <laughs> we tale. We have a novelist yeah. on our hands.
4: Hey, I have a, but, but by I, the way, I got something for you. You know how you asked yeah. Stephen to come up with, like, a graphic for the Midwest? Why don't we have the ice fishing? Like we talked about yesterday. Just somebody oh. in a hut. ice. Fi- Thomas, you ever ice fished before?
3: Have not, Patrick. I have, not. To, have, have you? Berman would like to go. Berman, would Berman like to, wants yeah, to... he wants to go ice fishing. Yes. Not, it I sounds no fun, idea. though, doesn't
4: it? You sit on a, you sit in the cold, and you put a line in a little hole. He, he wants
3: to drink brandy. Or Bourbon and sit there and just talk to have three of his buddies in the, in the little hut. I mean, I'm sure
6: it's exhilarating. Oh, my God. I can't even <laughs> Ex-
3: imagine.
4: Exhilarating, exhilarating is quite an adjective. How are we, uh, by the way, shout to Michael for the Dartmouth pick over Penn yesterday. I'm sure yeah, a Yeah, I mean, I got no
3: love it. for that pick. I mean, come on. I only bet as much as you're willing to win on Dartmouth. I mean, come on now. That's right. The big green wave. I mean, who didn't love the green wave yesterday? There was, you know, come was on. Was Josh on that? No, he, no, there was no line movement. 31-7,
4: cover the 9 easily that's a that's a lombardi specialty right there all right this is this is a huge day if i just start here at the borgata most tickets written right now would be on what game
6: most tickets written right now would be on uh the penn state indiana game right
3: now <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> that that a great just, are you serious it's, like a figure. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's
6: a great spot i
3: mean you can't beat it right i mean it's the most perfect place of all it's a, you can't and, we are. We are right here. Huh? Yeah. We, we are oh, Penn we State. Are.
6: All right, it, and it, it's funny because this game, we're almost as lopsided on this game as we are on Tampa tomorrow night with the Patriots. Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: No
4: kidding. It's, so where would you open Penn State here?
6: So Penn State, we opened this at 11. It's gotten as high as 13. It's uh, settled in here at 12 and a half here for a while. But, yeah, very lopsided game. Um, it Primetime game here. Indiana tra- traveling to Happy Valley tonight. Another tough opponent for for Indiana after their losses to Iowa and Cincinnati uh, in September there. Of course, last year we remember that opening day game where Indiana was able to upset Penn State. Uh, For Indiana, they're certainly going to need improved play from uh, their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., who threw three interceptions in both of those losses to Cincinnati and Iowa after dealing with some ACL injuries. Uh, But last week, he seemed to right the ship against Western Kentucky. He completed a career-high 35 passes for 373 yards, which is the second-highest total of his career, only behind his 491-yard performance against Penn State last year. So this is a very tough environment to play in tonight for Indiana. Indiana's secondary, I think, is going to have to step up tonight, make some big plays. They intercepted Sean Clifford twice last year in that game. They'll need to create some turnovers here, I think, to really stay in this. And we know Clifford does play better at at home there, Michael, than than he yeah. does on the road.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, Clifford is better at home, and and Michael Penix is, to me, the problem he has is red zone. They're seventy first in the country at red zone scoring in Indiana. He makes too many mistakes down there and turns the ball over. Yeah, I mean, just turns the ball over. And and you're going to play on the road. You can't turn the ball over. Hey fellas. I mean, I know that's that goes without saying, but that that's the problem and. You know, I, I don't really have a side in this one, but to me, the way Indiana has looked all year, I, they played better against Cincinnati than the score, but the way they've looked all year, they make too many mistakes for me.
4: You know, if Penn State wins today undefeated, obviously, you know who they play next week?
3: Iowa at Iowa. Oh boy, it's
6: going to be a big one. That would be. Oh boy, that's what a you, monster. Gonna be a big oh, one. that'll be that. That'll be a big one.
3: I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah that's going to be a because that's Iowa. i is one of those teams. They live through the raindrops. Nobody ever thinks they're any good. You know, like <laughs>
6: case in point yesterday. Yeah,
3: case in point yesterday. Like you know, we we talked it. We laughed about it yesterday, Patrick. Remember the last time Maryland had a big game? Penn State, Penn State came and in and killed, them. and they beat them fifty-one to fourteen. Right. That's right, and same thing. What, what
4: money, was it, was it? Maryland money there at the Borgata last night?
6: Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Oh, that was a, that was a great result for us. That made the day for us.
4: <laughs> right, oh, Th- you know what, Th- Thomas? You see the smile? I'm so. Whenever you have a good day, I'm happy. Now, will you uh, need a side? Michigan, Wisconsin. Uh, it looks like Wisconsin's getting bet, which is shocking to many.
6: Yeah, this. Uh... This game opened uh, Wisconsin laying a point. It's now up to two. Total stayed uh, 43-and-a-half. Not too too, uh, lopsided in this one. Probably will need Michigan because we took a bigger bet on the uh, Wisconsin money line. So we'll need uh, Michigan to win outright for a decision in this one. But first road game of the season here for the Wolverines. Uh, looking to improve to five and zero. Tough challenge though, is Wisconsin defends Michigan's strength very well, which is the run game. In three games this year, Wisconsin has only given up sixty-eight yards on the ground. That's total. So Michigan is currently the number four country, or number four in the country in rushing. Uh, Wisconsin, though, Graham Mertz, the quarterback, he's struggled, passing for only one TD so far this year and six interceptions. For Michigan, if Wisconsin can stop the ground game. They'll need improved play, obviously, from Cade McNamara. But the biggest factor, I think, for Michigan to win this game is going to be their offensive line. Yep. And, you know, we know Harbaugh's not been able to come up with any big road wins here, but I, I think the offensive line is going to have to carry them here in this game.
3: Yeah, I do, too. I think so. And I think, that, I think, look, I think we'll see a little Michigan passing game a little bit. I think you could throw the ball on this Wisconsin team. I, I-, I just think Wisconsin's overvalued. I really do. And I think Graham Mertz, it has been very disappointing, and you got to wonder, does he go to Chase Wolf at all? I yeah, mean, right, he, right. At I mean, point. how much longer are you going to watch the quarterback ruin your year? You know, and I mean, he's, he's gone back to calling the plays, and the style of play fits Michigan. The game's never going to get away from him. I don't know. I don't understand why Carl Johnson and I don't understand how Wisconsin's the favorite, but maybe they'll come through today. I have no idea.
4: Maybe he should go to Jack Cohn too soon too soon, too soon. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of Jack Cohn I think yeah, he's going go to be he's going to be starting for Notre Dame you know the injury but it looks like he's going to start at least and where are you at there at the Borgata since he coming to town
6: yeah since he laying two, a um, little bit more money a little bit more tickets here uh, on Cincinnati the uh, the under in this game is what is getting bet here total is 50 uh, that's down from 50 and a half of the opener And uh, Notre Dame, they come in here, 26-game home winning streak, uh, coming off the 41-13 victory over Wisconsin last week. Here they go up against a very good Cincinnati defense, holding opponents to less than 50% completion percentage. Both these teams have been very good in the red zone this year. They've both been executing in the red zone. Um, But, again, a little bit more tickets here on Cincinnati, a little bit more money on Cincinnati. The – Certainly the play here seems to be on the under.
3: Yeah, I think the under, I mean, 50 and a half, it's a small... So, but look, uh, you know, I think when you look at Cincinnati, this is all Desmond Ryder. I mean, he's is if he's the best quarterback on the field. Koontz's ankle has got to worry you. It's problematic if they have to go. Particularly Notre Dame's offensive line has not looked great. Yeah. and if, the, if Koontz gets and and if if Koontz gets hit and hurt and they go to the redshirt freshman, then I think it, it's going to be problematic for them. I and, and even though they have Jesus and the Leprechaun on their side. Yeah, I mean. Jesus is a good fan. Carl Johnson's worried about the leprechaun. The well, leprechaun's hard to beat. He said, so is baby. So is Jesus in the end zone. <laughs> yeah, it
4: is hard to beat Jesus as far as a fan base. Uh, Mississippi, <laughs> Alabama, be, before we get out, I want to get, where are you at there? Uh, I got 14 and a half, 15-ish, and then we got a huge total, yep. seventy nine and a half.
6: Yeah, we're Yeah, we're also at seventy nine and a half. Fourteen and a half and a half is where we have this line right now, but very balanced here uh, on the ticket count and uh, in the money on this game. And uh, of course, the over, as we expected, were you know has been driven up uh, on this game. Uh, the the opener on this, let's go back to 70. yeah, it's already been up a, a couple points here from the opener, so yeah, it's uh, no, no surprise that the over is getting bet in this, uh, in this one. It's going to probably come down to a shootout as people expect, but you know, with Saban, you, you always have to question whether or not that over is going to come through. I don't think so. I think Saban's going to – he
3: can't let that over come through. That's not, that's not how he wants to win games and just a shootout. Somebody's got to control the pace of the game. And that's what great head coaches do. They understand how we got to play the game. And look, I think you got to to beat Alabama, Thomas. You got to have a blue chip quarterback. You can't play Stetson Bennett and go beat him, no matter how good you are on defense, right? You got to have a blue chip. They got a blue chip quarterback, but they also got to make sure they pace the game too. They don't want to get a shootout with Bryce Young either. So I think pace is going to be important. I think the under comes. I think the under will come in.
4: You do a Southern accent, Thomas Gable?
6: I don't. I'm sorry, Patrick. Yeah, George, do you want to give yours? Socked, you don't yours. want to
4: play. Hey, by the way, Santa Anita today. I know, you'll be, I, I know you'll be focusing on the fall meet there at Santa Anita as well. Horse racing. Thomas is a busy man. He's got college football, horse racing, and everything there at the Borgata. Good luck today. You know I'll be pulling for you.
6: Thanks, Patrick. I, I really appreciate <laughs> that. We've got, got really the mid-Atlantic <laughs>
4: accent. We've got the Gulf Coast accent. We've got Michael's accent, and I'm Midwest, so I have the worst accent. When we come back, we're going to run the board. Of course, Michael Lombardi and Michael Lombardi and Josh Applebaum next here at Lombardi line.
0: I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
3: to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, BetMGM's is handed out cash today, so get over to BetMGM, new bettors. You bet a dollar, you win a hundred if anybody scores in college football today. It's going to happen. You're going to win a hundred bucks. Pay for and free bets. BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app. When you do so, use the bonus code v sin 100. v BSIN 100, 1-800-GAMBLER, if you have an issue 21 years or older, to be eligible. Okay, we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line, a huge week five in college football. I've got four plays from Michael Lombardi. What we'll do, Michael, we'll lay out your plays, and Josh Applebaum, of course, Market Insights. You can talk to us, Josh, uh, as far as your opinion about the plays. And we'll start here, Michael, with Michigan. You're going to take the point with Michigan, and a good little nugget here from our buddy John Ewing over at BetMGM. Josh, I think you have it right. He's been terrible, Harbaugh, on the road as a dog.
1: Yeah, he really has, Patrick. So if you look at some of these numbers that we've seen, uh, the updated stats here, when John Harbaugh is a underdog here at Michigan, 0 11 straight up, 3-8 ATS. This is one of those games where I think after last week, you know, a lot of people don't want to touch Wisconsin. They've looked so terrible, but yet this line has moved a little bit toward the Badgers, minus one to minus one and a half. But Michael, I think you're, you're digging Michigan here in this spot. Is that right?
3: Yeah, I'm going to take Michigan. I'm going to go against the public here on this one. I'm going against the line movement. I think this, I think Michigan's a little, they're a different team this year than I've seen them. And I think Wisconsin has proven to me that they're very good. They scored, what, 10 points against Penn State. They scored 13 against Notre Dame. Michigan's defense, I think, is really good. And the quarterbacking, I'm going to go with Michigan here. I like them better. I like Stanford plus the eight against Oregon. When you watch Oregon last week against University of Arizona, Oregon really struggled to stop Arizona's running game. Arizona had direct runs right at them. Arizona played them well. It's 24-19 going into the fourth quarter. They turned the ball over, made a couple mistakes, and it took everything. It was a 41-19 to game. Arizona covered, but Oregon didn't look as sharp. I didn't think they looked as healthy. I'm a, I think it's hard to play Stanford. I think Stanford's a little better. Chip Kelly said after he played them, they were way better than he thought he was. Uh, and then... I'm going to go with the bottom 10. I'm going to take Memphis. I'll lay the 11 versus Temple. And then, of course, everybody knows I'm all over San Antonio versus UNLV. <laughs>
4: there you have it. I love it. Four plays for Michael. We can actually get those posted at VEASAN Live
3: as well. Uh, Michael's four picks. Only bet as much as you will. You know, you, I had my Dartmouth pick in there, too, but nobody put it up there. But that's okay. You know? Well, because the game was played yesterday. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I forgot about that. You, That's did, right.
4: you did cover. He was laying the nine against Penn. A 31-7 win for Dartmouth, which I'm sure you, you probably didn't watch many, uh, many Saints of Newark and watch Dartmouth-Penn I last watched night.
3: it. I, I, I can honestly say I watched it. I loved it. It was tremendous. Uh, it was – I had – you know, whenever you watch a movie and at the end of the movie something happens that you go, oh, wow. I was stunned. I literally really? was stunned. I have yet to see it. I was thinking about
4: going to the theater today. So what you're telling me is the end. It looks like we lost his feed. The end of many saints of Newark. The ending is stunning. Michael Lombardi. All right. It's Josh there. We'll get to Josh here. Uh, Josh Applebaum, of course, market (laughs) insights. It was so stunning. You know what that was like? That was like the ending of the Sopranos where when I was talking to Michael, it just went black.
1: There it is. Patrick, I was, I was just going to say, I think that was that was not a technical issue. That was what was meant to happen in the show at the end of Sopranos. Patrick, I remember I was in high school watching with my parents at the very last episode. What happened? Did our TV go out? It went black. So I can't wait to watch that. Now, a couple of games just want to hit on uh, Patrick real quick. Big update here. JT Daniels is out for Georgia. We're getting he's reports out. that he's not. Good he's job. out. He, it looks like. He dressed. He's gonna, he didn't go through warms, so though. This is going to be uh Stetson-Bennett game. This is a game we've been talking about all day, most heavily bet early game. Remember, this thing opened up Georgia, 19-and-a-half point favorite. At one point, it got down to 16. It's around 16, 16-and-a-half at this point. You know, one thing, Patrick, you do a great job of talking about is correlative betting. If you like Arkansas here, the movement's been in their favor the whole time. Uh, Michael... To Michael's point, Georgia is contrary, and that is something that gives me a little bit of pause here. But I like this move to Arkansas. You're now going up against a backup, and to betting, Patrick. If you're getting 16 and a half points here with a dog in conference on the road, by low spot with a total of 49, that's a kind of low total. You know, that's a, a decently high total in the NFL. That's kind of low in college, and you're getting you know uh, more than two touchdowns. A little bit of value there. Uh, a couple more I want to hit. Can Patrick I just, just kind of
4: clarify yeah. one thing? Because we talked about this. A little bit earlier both quarterbacks banged up kj jefferson arkansas i said stetson bennett the backup no stetson bennett the backup there at georgia he will have he will get a second start today against arkansas jt daniels who's going to be a pro he's out so that's news right here visa the sports betting network good job josh applebaum let's just take a look to see if that numbers moved at all with the jt daniels announcement uh, I see the screens lighten up. Are you seeing any movement towards Arkansas? Arkansas over at BetMGM is getting hammered, both ticket splits. So, do you see anything as far as a movement? We got 16.5 as our official number on Georgia right now.
1: Yeah, so I'm thinking, Patrick, you know, what's interesting is it was 16 uh, about an hour ago when we were doing the show. It's 16.5 now. So, the weird thing is it didn't fall to 15. 15 and a half, it's maybe ticked up a little bit to Georgia. Uh, so, a couple of things going on here. Uh, number one, the early number, and Chris Andrews at Vison at the South Point did a great job in his column here for uh, talking about the games that the wise guys are hitting. This was a play on Arkansas when they were 19 and a half, 18 and a half, 18 down there. I think they're, you know, any uh, value minded contrarian bettors who wanted to back Georgia, they're waiting to get that low bottom number. And I think that was probably the minus 16. So, maybe it was a little buyback here. Patrick. And again, movement toward Arkansas. Was that all sharp driven? Was that big public money? We know that sharps are really the ones that move numbers, but I'm thinking that was maybe a combination of maybe just saying, Hey, Arkansas, that's a big number. And you're getting points in a conference game. But also I think this quarterback injury news was probably part of the reason why we're seeing that line drop, but um look at, let me the get, let me here, get the Patrick.
4: reaction from, we got Michael back, Michael. So breaking news here, JT Daniels is out for Georgia. So Stetson Bennett is going to get a second start of the year.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's certainly why I think the number moved. I think there's no doubt about it. Because I think at some point, if this number's moving and Georgia, and you like Georgia, it was only moving in – it was actually moving in your favor. You're getting a better number. I'm still going to play Georgia here because I still think K.J. Jefferson's not 100% healthy. The receiver's not 100% healthy. I think Arkansas is going to have a harder time moving the football in this game than they did last week against A&M. Look, Arkansas's proven me wrong. I, I liked Rice in the opener to cover in that late game, and they didn't. They, they almost had – remember the first half of that game, they were – but Arkansas, I think this is where it's going to end. This is the best defensive front they're going to play. This is the best defensive front. I'm not in love with Stetson Bennett under center. If I'm Georgia, I, can, I think I should be able to get a better backup quarterback than Stetson Bennett. No disrespect to the kid at all. But to me, it's, it's a little bit like you're worried. But, you know, the Georgia can run the football, I think Barry Odom knows he's got his work cut out for him with the Arkansas defense. Yeah, I think it's well
4: put. I think that Georgia unit's the best in the country. Arkansas has got a good defense as well, but this is another level Georgia from A&M to Georgia. It's even another level here It's a big step up for Arkansas emotionally. We'll see how they handle it. Michigan, Wisconsin I just saw another two light up here. Josh where you at on this number?
1: yeah uh, i'm not gonna quit uh wisconsin Even though they ruined my saturday last week guys uh you know that was a sharp play that i think the odds makers and sharps went out on a limb on and did not look good and the public had the last laugh there but i just love the fact that uh anytime i see an unranked favorite versus ranked team it automatically is fishy it automatically sends some alarm bells uh you know that i hear so to me the fact that everyone is is going michigan here and they're ranked and yet wisconsin is not and wisconsin's off a bad loss Yet Wisconsin opens as a favorite, becomes more of a favorite, minus one up to minus two. I think that's important, guys. A lot of these one and a halfs are going up to two. They didn't fall now to one. That tells me it's further Wisconsin money. Game's only about seven minutes away. Uh, but, Michael, I think you're looking Michigan there, but are you worried about that You know, really good pass uh, or rush defense for Wisconsin versus a good rush attack with Harbaugh?
3: I'm really not worried about it, Josh, because I would be more worried about Graham Murch playing quarterback for your team. That's what I would be worried about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be worried about that. I, I would be worried about backing a quarterback that has yet to show that he's an, that he's a college quarterback at a high level. That's what I'm worried. I mean, to me, this is not a Michigan play. This is an anti wisconsin play, especially a quarterback.
4: Speaking of quarterbacks, two that are front runners for the Heisman, of course, Young and Corral. Mississippi, Alabama. Michael, let's get your play here. Alabama, fourteen and a half total, seventy-nine and a half. I think we lost Michael, Josh, you got to play on this Alabama game right now. Again, you got a couple of books at 15, mostly 14 and a half and a huge elevated total of 79 and a half.
1: Yeah, it's always tough going against Sabin here, uh, Patrick, but I'm gonna go old Miss. I think one you know caveat here and one factor is obviously the Lane Kiffin knowing intimate knowledge of this program. And also Lane Kiffin having an extra day to game plan, an extra week to game plan. Remember, this is miss Ole Miss coming off a bye. So you give Kiffin two weeks to draw things up. I think he's the type of guy who that he knows what Alabama likes to do. Extra time to get ready and get going here. I think he's just going to spread it out and say, hey, the only way I'm going to beat Alabama is by I throw the ball. I think Kiffin has an edge there. That was 15 and a half. Some books uh, now to 14 and a half. Definitely worried that, you know, it's it's funny, Patrick. I think after today we're going to look and say, wow, you know, uh, the public and, and pros were together there with Arkansas and Mississippi, or will it be? contrarian and buying on these good teams will end up, uh, you know, winning out here. But again, extra time to, to get ready here for this game, Patrick. I also wondered, has there been a single under ticket written on this game? Patrick, what do you think? Are we gonna get a ton of points? This thing was 74 and a half all the way up to 80. They score 111 last time. these played. Yeah, you scored. can't bet
4: the over. Now you're getting the worst of the number now. If
1: you're <laughs> yep. betting. By the way, I think David
4: chase is producing the show today because he's, <laughs> he went the black three separate times with Michael Lombardi. <laughs> Now, Josh, great job today. We're going to see you tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to discuss the greatest return in the history of sports. You know what I'm talking about, Ness, and we're going to do it for you tomorrow right here on the Lombardi Line. Betting Across America, Dave Ross, Wes Reynolds next. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going
1: on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh, my God.